Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Going on, guys. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Scripts. This is your AEW Rampage and SmackDown post show for January 7th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. And this is the OTS venue. <laughs> <laughs> uh Mickey, your um your shame and your uh your embarrassment is in there. Uh what else is in there? Your uh, apology to Bruce Pritchard, who's a complete fucking cocksucker. Uh the shame that I'm sure your uh fan base feels towards you as well. Yeah, man, this is this is chock full of good stuff there, man. Chock full of good stuff, man. <laughs> to say that I'm not surprised, ah, uh, to say that I'm not surprised, man, uh, this was a weird night. This was a weird evening. We got a lot going on here, man. We got a lot going on here. Um, we got Mickey James, the knockouts slash impact women's champion, joining the field the embarrassing field of the Women's Royal Rumble for 2022, man. Did you guys see Did you guys see the field of women that they announced for this Royal Rumble, man? I uh, <laughs> Oh my god, man. And then you go on you go on Twitter, man, and you got all these people excited for Summer Ray coming back in the Royal Rumble. Oh my God, man. I, that's what I've been wanting in 2022. Failure to build new superstars. But yeah, let, let's call Summer Ray back to WWE. Lita. I'm waiting on the Trish Stratus announcement. Anywhere Lita goes, you know Trish is going to be there. Michelle McCool. The Bella Twins. <laughs> oh, man. 
John Laurinaitis is having a field day, man. John Laurinaitis is having a field day. Who's next? Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox is next, right? Eva Marie, maybe. Maybe we'll bring back Eva Marie, too. We just fired her a couple of months ago. How about Nia Jax? Bring back Nia Jax. Why don't we round out the field of 30 and make it the worst ever? It's already the worst ever. WWE announced Mickey James in the Royal Rumble. You know, I, uh, I'm i not going to really say much about it. I, I had my fun with it. It's boring already. I'm bored of it. Um, we will go over that and what I feel about that. We got other major news, more important news to discuss here. Roman Reigns has a Universal Championship match at the Royal Rumble. It is against a Monday Night Raw superstar. I was fearing that they'd bring back Goldberg early, but uh, Goldberg doesn't operate unless it's Saudi time because he needs that extra bump in the paycheck. He won't work a normal event. Oh, no, 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 no. He won't work unless the prince is giving him $3 million instead of WWE giving him a million for the Royal Rumble. He doesn't work on anything but Saudi time. I thought it was going to be Goldberg. But we ended up getting Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns for the Royal Rumble. I got all the geeks online. Elba, why are you complaining? This is one step closer to the to the WWE ending the brand split. Come on, man. Why do you got to complain about everything? Why do you have to show everybody you ha- have no life? I don't know. I'm going Rolex shopping this weekend. How much of a fucking terrible life can I have? <laughs> I'm turning 40, man. I'm shopping for my first Rolex, man. Yeah, I'm doing so terrible on YouTube. Give me a fucking break. This is a bigger problem. WWE is in the middle of a brand split. I'd like for them to adhere to the rules. If you want to end the brand split, then actively write a story for me and everybody else that is showcasing us that the brand split is over. That's all I ask. As of right now, the match makes no sense. Why is Rollins over there? The only thing I could possibly, possibly think of is the fact that Rollins can lobby to WWE management and claim that he deserved a one-on-one match for a major world championship. He didn't get it. He blames Roman. So now he's coming after Roman for his championship because they had to put Brock Lesnar in the fatal four-way to make it a fatal five-way at day one. And it was supposed to be a one-on-one match. And Rollins, every single week, always had people added to the match. It was Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens got added. Bobby Lashley got added. Brock Lesnar got added. So now he's on SmackDown. I'm getting what I deserve, a one-on-one match for a world championship. I won that ladder match. Nobody else did. That's the only way it would make sense. So we'll talk about that as well. It should be a great match. Don't get me wrong. And then they got the history with themselves and the Shield. And this is two different Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins characters, man. Not the same guys that were on WWE TV three years ago. So it's going to be pretty interesting to say the least. Is there a WWE and Impact partnership? I don't know. 
Nobody knows. Everybody's uh, making a big deal about this. Everybody's making a big deal about Scott Demore. You got Impact superstars tweeting about it. WWE would have a great feel for the Royal Rumble if they didn't fire everybody. Now they're getting into the forbidden door business and they think they're slick, maybe with a possible partnership with the women's division over on Impact Wrestling. Great job there, Vince. Great job there, Bruce. You want to fire people that didn't deserve to be fired. You had a great women's division for yourself, and now you're looking to go use somebody else's division, possibly. Yeah, I can't wait to see Mickey James get eliminated in about two minutes in the Royal Rumble by Santina Morella. Great job there, hardcore country. We'll talk about that. And Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes is out of Battle of the Belts. He will not be defending the TNT Championship against Sammy Guevara. And there will be an interim TNT champion crowned Saturday night, tomorrow. Jesse and I will be live. Dustin Rhodes is filling in for his brother against Sammy Guevara. And there will be an interim champion crowned. They said that Cody Rhodes is dealing with a medical protocol. Whatever that means, it means COVID. They don't want to say it outright. I don't know why WWE even admitted COVID hit Roman. Cody Rhodes probably came in contact or Brandy Rhodes came in contact with someone that had COVID or they may had co- they may have COVID. One of the two may have. They may both have it. I don't know. But Cody Rhodes needs to isolate for five days and uh, his brother will be filling in for him at Battle of the Belts. We will go over that. Plus the hilarious... The hilarious interview statement given by Home Alone star Macaulay Culkin. He claimed that WWE is too repetitive and he doesn't watch anymore. On a night where WWE gave us the Usos versus the New Day in a tag team title match. Again, I've lost count. What is this? Like the 77th time that they've wrestled each other? And I got people on social media. Oh, I, I don't care how many times they wrestle. It's going to be a great match. You're a complete fucking imbecile. And you are the exact reason why the product sucks. It's going to be a big night, folks. It's going to be a big night. I appreciate you guys joining me. On off the script right here for your SmackDown and AEW Rampage post show. Tonight, sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com, man. You guys are going to be ringing in the year, the new year. And you guys are going to be the cleanest and the sexiest you've ever been with Manscaped.com, man. Set your first New Year's resolutions with good intentions and join the 4 million men that have used Manscaped worldwide. We'll talk about my great friends over at Manscaped a little bit later on in the show. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20. At checkout, I would really appreciate if you go show my great friends over at Manscaped some support. Go check them out, man. You may find something over there. I know I do. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. We uploaded a lot this week, man. We are absolutely on fire. I'm looking at 2,100 people in the venue tonight, man. The venue is at... Not really maximum capacity. I don't even know what. Yo, Jesse, what's the maximum capacity for this uh, for this venue? What does it say on the wall there? You don't care. 
send hook? Bro, if you don't give me the fucking number that I'm asking you, I'm gonna send Thunder Rosa to your fucking house. You'll never celebrate another birthday again, motherfucker. Okay? And go fuck yourself for your tacos, man. Sour cream on my tacos. Stop. This fucking guy. Get him out of here. There's a lot of videos on the channel, man. A lot of videos on the channel. Uh, we got a couple of extras. We were live last night. That was awesome, man. 2,700 people live on a Thursday afternoon. Awesome. We talked about the WWE releases. Today, we uploaded an extra about the Samoa Joe situation. I went in detail about the Samoa Joe situation. So go check all that stuff out. Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite. Man, we're loaded this week. You guys are not short of content this week. So go and check all that stuff out on the homepage right now. Make sure you guys go and get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire is the place. Bonfire.com. We got those throwback designs. OTS, white and black, NWO-inspired design. The LTB, Wolfpack design. Long-term booking. Make sure you guys go and get those on Bonfire.com. They are the exclusive home of Off the Script. Awesome stuff and great quality, man. Also, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes on today's video. I see 563. I don't know what the fuck half of you were doing. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. It helps me out. And get your super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, man. You tell me how much of a sellout Mickey James is. Let me know. Chime in. What do you guys think of the interim TNT title match tomorrow at Battle of the Belts? You let me know. Also, make sure you guys hit that join button. Become a VIP. You could sit with me and Mickey James's trash bag in the VIP section right back there, man. So make sure you guys go and check that out and hit that join button as well to become a VIP right here on Off The Scripts. I don't know, man. Did I go too far with the Mickey James gag? Did I go too far? Is anybody going to get offended by what I did here? Oh, my God, J.D. He's against women, man. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I do what I want on my show. You want to go fucking uh, preach the choir? Go uh, go and uh, start your own fucking podcast, man. Leave me the hell alone. Smackdown. Let's start with Smackdown. It was clearly the more important of the show, being that there was a lot of news articles that came out about Smackdown. This one in particular, man, I laughed my ass off over at this fucking news article. Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. He rips the current WWE product because it's too repetitive. You know Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone, right? Macaulay Culkin gave his thoughts on the current WWE product that WWE is presenting to its fans. And like many fans, he's had some critical things to say about the job Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are doing, which, by the way, sucks. That's exactly what the actor did during an appearance on the latest Wrestling with Freddy podcast. This is the podcast. Everybody's got a fucking podcast nowadays, man. I didn't know Big Swole had a fucking podcast until the day we did the video on Swole and TK. Now, this is the first time I'm finding out that former WWE creative writer, Freddie Prinze Jr., has a podcast. He voiced his opinion, did McCulkin. That there are too many repetitive matches on WWE programming, including Roman Reigns, 
and Brock Lesnar. He says this, and I quote, especially the product now. Fuck, dude. If I have to see one more fucking, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to seeing what will be different this time, but I have to see, or if I have to see Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns one more fucking time, you know, end quote. Culkin pointed out how due to the lack of depth on the roster, WWE has to use the same matches for back-to-back pay-per-views, such as the New Day versus the Usos. That's the thing, he says. They'll do the same pay-per-view back-to-back. It's always like New Day Usos, every fucking card. Like, I understand that their roster isn't as deep as it was a year ago. They've cut, like, I think, 86 wrestlers from their roster this past calendar year. So, yeah, you don't have this rich variety that you might have had before, but even then, man, it's like, how many times can we watch the same match over and over again? End quote. Culkin went into detail about how he had some conversations with WWE in the past about their product, and he would help them with certain ideas. <laughs> yeah, right, man. But Coley Culkin's a fucking comedian, man. Vince McMahon don't even listen to his own grandchildren. He's going to listen to fucking Macaulay Culkin? Give me a break. Yeah, he's going to help them with certain ideas. Nothing will help them. I've been helping them for seven years. Book a better product. Have they ever listened to me? Fuck no. But they've stolen many ideas from this show. That much I know. He brought up how he thinks there should be some visual differences between Raw and SmackDown to make them seem more separate since they have a brand split. Yeah, good luck with that one. Is McCulloch Culkin wrong? I don't think so. I don't think so. So the show opened up with said Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And Reigns is out there. He's looking great. Glad he's healthy. Glad he's back. This show was sold out, by the way. I don't know if that means Roman Reigns is a real needle mover. I don't know if this means Brock Lesnar is the real needle mover. Or if they're both collectively the needle movers. Because this show sucks. And the only reason why people are coming to this show is because of Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar or both Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Or maybe everybody in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun Arena is a blithering fucking idiot that they willingly paid money for a terrible program. I don't know. It could be any of the above. It could be all the above. I don't know. Reigns took the microphone. He was playing up to the crowd. He asked New England to acknowledge him. The crowd cheered Reigns' acts where he should begin. He said he missed one week and it all fell apart like it usually does. If Reigns is out for more than one week, forget it. This show is fucking in the fucking dumpster. No question. It all fell apart, he says. He says he thought about a lot while he he was in isolation. Reigns says there was a lot of people he wanted to see except for Brock and Paul Heyman, who he never wants to see again. So Brock Lesnar's music hits. Brock Lesnar comes out with Paul Heyman. And Reigns and Lesnar are in the ring together. They stared at each other. Heyman went to speak, but Lesnar stopped him. He took the microphone from him as Heyman was about to do the typical Heyman-Brock Lesnar introduction. So Lesnar walked up to Reigns. He did his introduction for himself and imitated Paul Heyman. And it sounded pretty decent. Brock Lesnar does a pretty decent Paul Heyman. 
So Lesnar introduced himself. Reigns started to smirk a little bit. Lesnar put his arm around Heyman and then asked Heyman, how was that, Paul? How was that? Heyman said it was great. It was perfect. It was beautiful. Lesnar walked back up to Reigns and got in his face and asked Reigns to acknowledge him. Lesnar says he got what he wanted on Saturday, the WWE title, and Reigns got what he wanted. So now they should give everyone what they want. Lesnar challenged Reigns to a title versus title match at a unspecified date and location. This is a tease. This is a seed planted. This is your WrestleMania main event. Whether or not it will be title versus title, whether or not Brock will be the WWE champion remains to be seen. We don't know. Is it the best scenario for WrestleMania? Yes. I don't want to hear anybody in my chat. I don't want to hear any chatter on social media how a Reigns and Lesnar match doesn't need to be a title versus title. It absolutely needs to be a title versus title. Or if they don't do Reigns and Lesnar title versus title, whoever they have win the Royal Rumble should be placed in the main event and challenge for the unified WWE and Universal Championships. So whether it's Reigns versus Lesnar happening to unify the titles or Reigns and Lesnar wrestle and then the winner of the Royal Rumble battles the winner of that match at night two of WrestleMania, I don't care who the fuck it is. There needs to be a unification of both titles and a brand split that comes to an end. Is that the likely scenario? Fuck no. Bruce Pritchard is probably listening to this show now and going to do the fucking opposite because he's a clueless idiot. They don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I, we, I would be doing. It is a very simple solution. Oh, but J.D. Fox doesn't want a brand split to end. NBC Universal doesn't want a brand split to end. Let me tell you something. If Drew McIntyre needs neck surgery, which I'm kind of guessing he's going to, what do you got on SmackDown to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship after all of this bullshit is over and done with? Nobody. Nobody. So what exactly are we doing here? Are you going to have Roman Reigns run rough shot over a very mid-looking SmackDown roster? Who's the next in line? Ricochet? <laughs> I love Ricochet, man, but let's be real. Shinsuke Nakamura? <laughs> they can't even book him with the Intercontinental Championship correctly. They're going to book him in a match against Roman Reigns? Who's next? Sheamus, give me a break. Give me a break. Xavier Woods, yeah, let's run that back. Have the third member of the New Day who hasn't won a WWE title challenge for a world title. Give me a fucking break, man. Give me a break. And the brand splits. I don't know if people are just really fucking stupid or you're really just fucking stupid, man. There are levels of stupidity. I urge you to move away from it, man. It's like COVID. You don't want to get the next variant of stupidity. The brand split is the end-all, be-all answer. The brand split will make the WWE shows on Monday and Friday that much better. Everybody that is against a brand split to end, you pretty much are asking for rematches every fucking week with the New Day and the Usos. And you are the active problem to why the shows are fucking appalling every week. I don't need to repeat myself on that again. 
The brand split ending is the best idea and solution, scenario, whatever you want to call it, for this WrestleMania season. It is very easy. You want to do Lesnar versus Lashley at the Royal Rumble? Great. Lesnar goes through Lashley. Lesnar winning that match and taking the title into WrestleMania with Roman. I don't give a fuck how you do it. You want to do Reigns versus Lesnar on night one to really build hype around night one? Go and do it. You want to have somebody win the Royal Rumble? Have the winner of the Royal Rumble challenge the winner of the Lesnar and Reigns match at night one at night two. It's a very easy solution. Or you want to have some mixed match of uh, different opponents and then they end up meeting in night two for the unified title. You can go and do that as well. You can go and do that as well. Oh, well, well, J.D., what about the women? Nothing's more important than Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, so the women are going to have to take a backseat for this year's WrestleMania. I don't really care to see Rhea Ripley or Becky Lynch main event a fucking WrestleMania at the end of the night. Give me a goddamn break with that nonsense. That shit is some of the worst creative I've ever seen. You think that deserves to main event WrestleMania? That shit's on the bottom end of the fucking totem pole. Spare us. It's not even good enough for Roy. You want to put it at the end of WrestleMania? Give me a break. That's what needs to be done. That's what needs to be done. The other idea I see floating around from other people, I know um, my good friend and colleague, the Solomonster, has mentioned this one, and I seen he mentioned it on Twitter tonight. He thinks that Bobby Lashley is going to beat Brock Lesnar and some sort of fuck finish potentially is going to happen in that match that gives Bobby Lashley the win. And he's the the WWE champion. And he feels like Brock Lesnar is going to enter himself in the Royal Rumble because he's so pissed off that Paul Heyman fucked him over and aligned himself back with Roman Reigns and was all one big ploy. He's going to enter himself back in the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble, and we get Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania anyway but without Brock Lesnar being the WWE champion. Now, I look at that, and I even told Jason tonight, you know, you're probably right. I even tweeted him, you're probably right on this. That's probably the likely idea that fucking pea-brained retard Bruce Pritchard is probably going to go with. That's exactly what he's going to go with. I could see them doing it because it's lazy creative. It is lazy creative. And I could see them doing it for one other reason as well. Not only that it's lazy, but I could see them doing Bobby Lashley as the WWE champion and Big E winning the Royal Rumble and Big E winning the WWE title again at WrestleMania and them fixing what they fucked up on with Big E after SummerSlam when they gave him the WWE title way too soon. I could see them trying to fix that problem and then giving Big E his big WrestleMania moment and crowning of the WWE championship. Why would we give an obvious failure? Why would we obviously give a Big E who had a failed title run another shot at the WWE title and give him a second reign when his first reign was a failure? I'm over giving second chances. He's a babyface. Bobby Lashley's a babyface, isn't he? Or at least trending towards being a babyface. So we're going to have two baby faces in the WrestleMania main event, which will kill that match dead, number one. Number two, I am not about to give Big E another WWE championship match knowing that his first reign was a fucking failure. I don't want Big E to win the Royal Rumble. That's not very exciting to me. 
Just like how I don't want Bianca Belair to win the Royal Rumble for the women. It's not very exciting to me. But looking at the field of women that they chose tonight, I may have to go with Bianca Belair. She may be the only one. There are ways to go about it. There are ways to go about it. Unification match, ending the brand split is the way. Definitely not going to happen. And then I have people coming to me when Seth Rollins was announced as Roman Reigns' opponent. I said, well, there goes the brand split rules. They didn't even give a reason as to why Rollins is getting a championship match. Then I got people claiming, well, didn't, didn't you want the brand split to end? Yeah, I do. At WrestleMania. I don't want it to end now. At WrestleMania. You still have a brand split in effect. You ultimately don't give a shit about the brand split. So you are pretty much proving me right. If you are getting Rollins off of Raw and putting him on SmackDown to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, then you could easily end the brand split because clearly you're telling us tonight that you don't give a shit about it. And what a way for Seth Rollins to be shafted. Yeah, bro, we need you on SmackDown to take this obvious loss to Roman Reigns because we're a bunch of fucking idiots who can't book anybody on SmackDown correctly to give Roman Reigns legit competition. Sucks to be Rollins, huh? Picks up the phone. Yeah, we need you for Roman to take a loss. They have done nothing but fail creatively. They've done nothing but fail creatively. Nobody looks good. Nobody. Kevin Owens doesn't look good. Seth Rollins doesn't look good. Bobby Lashley, he's looked good. Don't know what's the plan for Bobby Lashley. The only people that look good are Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Look at the casualties that WWE is running through to tell this story of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. On top of Roman Reigns and everybody else, That he's demolished. Now you got Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Big E, and Bobby Lashley. All casualties in the wake of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Is anybody? Is anybody sick and tired of it? Is anybody sick and tired of this company not building new stars? I don't know how you guys feel, man, but you need to start looking at the bigger problem. You all, the, the the community, the fucking mainstream wrestling fucking media, the trash-ass media that we have to endure in, in pro wrestling, all you fucking idiots on social media, there are too many of you. In fact, all of you, you live in the moment. You live in the now. You all get excited about the now, and you don't raise awareness about the fucking problems, and you do nothing to try and come up with solutions to said problems. That, to me, is a failure of a community. None of you do the right thing. None of you. This stems deeper than just, oh my God, Lesnar and Reigns. No. Look at everything. And then you got the Drew McIntyre situation. This guy's possibly going to have neck surgery. I pray to God he doesn't. Because he'll be out the rest of the year. But if Drew McIntyre needs neck surgery, you think SmackDown's going to operate with just Roman Reigns at the top? 
either WWE ends the brand split, which we know they won't, or they're going to take from Monday Night Raw, they're going to take Rollins, they're going to take a Styles, put him on SmackDown, and they're going to aid or put a Band-Aid on SmackDown by taking away from Raw, and you don't want to take those guys away from Raw. You don't want to take those guys away from Raw. Raw is a three-hour show. They need the talent. They need all the talent that they can get, especially at the top. And now you're going to take from Monday Night Raw to give to SmackDown because you failed at building legit competition for Roman Reigns? So much wrong here, man. There is so much wrong with this. Unification match is the way to go. So, yeah, I want a unification match, and Lesnar is right. They should give the people what they want. So Lesnar challenged Reigns to a title versus title match. Reigns says it's a good idea, but it's not his idea. Reigns says this is his show, and we do what he says on his time on his show. Reigns says he won't do business with somebody who does business with trash, and he points over to Paul Heyman. Heyman asks Reigns, how could you talk to me that way? How could you talk to me that way? Heyman then said while Lesnar was gone, Reigns was all he had. He was my tribal chief. He, he was very, like, emotional. He was, like, almost on the verge of crying. He had this very sobbing-like voice. Heyman told Lesnar not to speak to Reigns that way. Lesnar took his anger out on Paul Heyman. He turned to Paul Heyman and told Paul Heyman to shut up. And Roman Reigns, after all this bickering back and forth, don't you talk to Paul Heyman that way, says Roman. Lesnar's telling Heyman to shut up. And at the end of it all, Roman Reigns, Superman punches Brock Lesnar at the end of the segment, and he runs out of the ring with the title and stared at Roman Reigns from the ramp. And that was the way the segment went off the air. This was good stuff. This is always good stuff. Lesnar in this role, the way he's acting, and he's a little bit more carefree, and the babyface Brock, he is very infectious, man. I'm, I'm loving his, his vibe right now in the role that he's playing. Reigns is always great. How I feel about Reigns' run right now, that's uh, a completely different story from what I think of Reigns, who, by the way, is the number one pro wrestler in the world, according to SportsIllustrated.com. It was Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega, which I would probably agree with. I even said Roman Reigns was the number one wrestler back when I talked about my top wrestler of the year, and that's who it is. On the podcast, when I talked about my top matches and my top performer of the year was Brian Danielson. But Roman Reigns, if you're going to rank people in the, I guess, the the last year, I would say Roman Reigns with what he's done. But it's very difficult, man. You know, at the end of the day, Brian Danielson was my personal number one favorite. He was my number one guy all year, just based on the body of work that he did. But he, he didn't win championships. And that's what, they, that's what they're looking at. You know, that, that, that's what they're looking at. And I wouldn't really sit there and worry about what Sports Illustrated says. But if you're gonna, I guess I should, I, I guess I should rephrase what I said. Brian Danielson is the number one wrestler in the world right now. He's number one on on everybody's list. Should be number one. Every, but if you're gonna compare Roman Reigns to Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns is number one over Kenny Omega. That's what I was trying to to say there because they were number one, and number two. Which at the end of the day is exactly what I would have done as well. But I'm loving this, man, and it it seems to be a love affair between Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns. It it does come off a little cringy. It does come off a little lame. 
But it all revolves around Paul Heyman, and it's continuing the storyline of is Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman still involved with each other? Because there was anger on Roman, and then it turned to, don't you talk to him that way. There's still some care there. Paul Heyman did the same thing. You're my tribal chief. I've been with you for, and your family for years. You know, and then Brock Lesnar's the one, uh, duh, shut the fuck up, you know. I told you to shut up. He doesn't give a shit. So you, you could see the seeds being planted for a possible Reigns and Heyman alignment and this being one big game for Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. But I thought it was great. I thought it was a great segment. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was interviewed in the back. Zayn mentioned that a year after he was screwed out of the Intercontinental Championship, he earned a shot, and now Nakamura is ducking him. So he was talking about Nakamura, and then all of a sudden he stopped mid-sentence, and he noticed someone in the hallway. He walked down the hallway, and he sees Johnny Knoxville of Jackass standing in the hallway Knoxville said he was there attempting to speak to management when asked by Sami Zayn why he was there looking to speak to management about being in the Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn said that Knoxville is not qualified to be in the Royal Rumble and until he shows him he belongs, he should stay out of everybody's way. Man, you ain't kidding that Johnny Knoxville is not qualified to be in the Royal Rumble. You know, I had legitimate geeks shadow tweet me And they were complaining that I complained about Johnny Knoxville being in the Royal Rumble. These are the same fucking low IQ bottom feeders that probably enjoyed the announcement of the entrance in the Royal Rumble for the Women's Royal Rumble tonight. Johnny Knoxville actively takes a spot away from somebody else that could be given to a ricochet or or anybody, someone in NXT to get over. No, but you're giving one spot in a Royal Rumble match, the most prestigious match of the entire year on the road to WrestleMania. You're giving that opportunity to Johnny Knoxville. Do you take nothing serious? Johnny Knoxville is 50 years old and he's shilling a fourth jackass movie that's died in popularity about 15 fucking years ago. But this is Nick Khan. Nick Khan is working with people like Johnny Knoxville and actors in Hollywood, D-level actors, to get them into the WWE. And I'm sure this was a nice payday by the producers and the movie studio that produced and directed Jackass. Because that's, that's all Nick Khan cares about. That's all Nick Khan cares about. It's a shame. WWE actively has the pen. And they opt to write Johnny Knoxville in the Royal Rumble instead of Somebody that could benefit from it long term. They'd rather make the money off of jackass forever than build a future piece of their company that will last 10 to 15 years. So you now know where WWE's interests lie. It's not in their own talent. It's dirty money from any other fucking source outside of pro wrestling. It's a goddamn fucking shame. Sami Zayn made his entrance. Zayn won this gauntlet match to get the number one contendership for the Intercontinental title. He wrestled Rick Boogs on tonight's show, and there was really nothing to this. I mean, I love Rick Boogs, but I'm I'm just kind of tired of the pairing 
of Nakamura and Rick Boogs. I, I really am. There's really nothing to it. And, and I feel like it's just hit a stone wall. But in the end here, Rick Boogs beats Sami Zayn, of course. I'll tell you why in a second. If you guys were wondering why Sami Zayn couldn't beat Rick Boogs. So Boogs toyed with Zayn and then threw him down. Zayn rolled to the apron and Boogs went after him. Zayn recovered and snapped Boogs' neck on the top rope. Zayn hit an elbow to the head off the top rope, got a near fall. Zayn went for a second elbow, but Boogs caught him. Bear hugged Zayn. Boogs then went and transitioned into a beautiful-looking stalling vertical suplex. Zayn tried to fight out of it, and Boogs dropped to his knees. Then Boogs recovered and stood back up. Really impressive-looking spot by my boy Rick Boogs. He finally dropped Zayn. Zayn went to the outside, but Boogs followed him and tossed him back in. Zayn hit Boogs as Boogs, Boogs tried to follow, and Rick Boogs rolled up Zayn for a surprise victory. One, two, three. Sami Zayn loses to Rick Boogs in seven minutes after he just won a gauntlet match that consisted of 12 guys on Christmas Day. JD, why did Sami Zayn lose when he's the number one contender? For the Intercontinental Championship. You just answered your own question. You see the way Vince McMahon sees it. Is the same way he sees it. When somebody wins the Money in the Bank briefcase. If somebody is. The Money in the Bank briefcase. Let's pick a random heel. Let's pick Sheamus. If Sheamus won the Money in the Bank briefcase. That makes him the number one contender. For any championship. That he wants. So he's on Smackdown. If Sheamus won the Money in the Bank. He'd be the number one contender. For the Universal Championship. So, if Sheamus is the Money in the Bank briefcase holder as a heel, in Vince McMahon's eyes, he's already got a title shot waiting for him. So, everything that leads up to that title match, and when we decide that he cashes in that title match, Sheamus can afford a loss because he's the number one contender for the Universal Championship. He looks at Sami Zayn being the number one contender coming out of that 12-man gauntlet match in the same way he looks at that situation with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Sami Zayn lost when he should have won because fuck momentum and fuck winning in this company. Winning gets you nowhere. They only, they only appeal to losers. WWE only rewards losers. Sami Zayn lost because he's already guaranteed a title shot. So in Vince McMahon's eyes and in Bruce Pritchard's eyes, he can afford a loss. Just the way it is. It doesn't make any sense. I know, I know. But that's the way that they think. New Day was in the back with Caleb Braxton. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston both did these terrible, cringy, just regal-like accents. God, is it fucking awful. I don't know how anybody finds this shit entertaining. They said that they would beat the Usos and be the actual and factual WWE Tag Team Champions. They mocked, laughed at Kayla, and I believe Xavier handed Kayla some royal coins. It's almost as if he's playing a real-life Super Mario Brothers. He's jumping up and hitting the fucking blocks, and out comes coins, and Xavier Woods gives Kayla Braxton these coins. Just a terrible act, man. And you all thought the fucking New Day act was bad with cereal and pancakes and unicorns and the thrusting... You thought the New Day was bad. Now this is the New Day trying to act all royal. It's a great job there. I know we're appealing to fucking five-year-olds, but I mean, I honestly think it's killing all of their credibility. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. 
the woman who owns the worst moonsault in the history of pro wrestling. Charlotte Flair made her way out to the ring. She was in her wrestling gear. I wondered why she wasn't on the advertised card. So I assumed already, right before we even got to Charlotte opening her mouth, that she was going to probably be put into an impromptu match. She's in the ring. She said, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Charlotte. Happy New Year. Hope you have a happy and healthy title reign. Said nobody ever. She said her resolution was to make history. Charlotte said the Royal Rumble changes lives. So she motioned to the front and said, let's look at this year's Royal Rumble competitors. I'm looking at this and I'm kind of already cringing before we even look at the field of Royal Rumble competitors. I knew it wasn't going to be anything special, but I had a couple of thoughts already in the back of my mind. So we see a video graphic rundown of all the competitors in the Royal Rumble. It only listed 19 women. 19 women. One of the women in the Royal Rumble was Mickey James. One of the women in the Royal Rumble was Mickey James. And a lot of people were surprised by this announcement. Knockouts world champion Mickey James is set for the Royal Rumble. Both Impact Wrestling tweeted it out. And WWE's official Twitter account tweeted it out. It was a stunning development to say the least. It was announced tonight that reigning knockouts world's women's champion Mickey James will be one of the entrants in the WWE's Women's Royal Rumble in St. Louis on January 29th. The shocking news came tonight on SmackDown, and it has been confirmed with Impact Wrestling Executive and Vice President Scott Demore. Speaking from Dallas, Demore said, and I quote, WWE wanted it. Mickey wanted it. And Impact Wrestling's philosophy is always work, always to work with other wrestling promotions to create buzz for the fans. Everything is signed and agreed with WWE and Impact Wrestling. The only question is whether or not Mickey will enter one of WWE's most historic annual matches as the reigning knockouts world champion. As she will defend that title against Deanna Perrazzo tomorrow night at their pay-per-view, Hard to Kill. That, of course, refers to James and Deanna Perrazzo, of course, what Scott Demore tweeted out. The pair will meet in a Texas death match with the title on the line. Demore added this one, and I quote, There's never been a time like this for wrestling fans. In a 12-month period, Impact Wrestling is worth with NWA, AAA, New Japan, AEW, and now WWE. Impact Wrestling is the nexus of the Forbidden Door era. Sure you are. And that's why Impact Wrestling is still broadcast in front of 16 people on a weekly basis on Axis TV, which I'm sure many of you don't even get. Impact Wrestling is a cockroach of professional wrestling. Hard to kill is a fucking understatement with this company. They could brag about working with everybody else, but how much of an impact has Impact had on working with all of these promotions? What exactly did they do for AEW? That's what I want to know. 
That's why Tony Khan's not working with them anymore. It's a waste of time. What exactly did Impact Wrestling do for AEW? Oh, man. Wow. We got Kenny Omega on a fucking pay-per-view defending the AEW world title against Rich Swan with Mauro Ranallo on commentary. I ask again, what did Impact do for AEW? What exactly are they doing for New Japan? What are they doing for the NWA? How exactly, how well has these partnerships, how, how have these partnerships worked out for Impact Wrestling? They drew 85,000 people to watch their show on Thursday last week. Explain to me how Impact is benefiting from working with all of these companies as if Scott Demore is fucking Thanos. Don't you think they'd be on level of at least an MLW? Give me a fucking break. Impact streams on Twitch in front of how many people? 100? MLW had their Azteca Underground premiere this week in front of 20 plus thousand people on YouTube. You're not even above MLW. I'm sure somebody on fucking Reddit is going to see this and then, oh my God, blast my name and ask me to be crucified on the cross because I upset all the impact elitists. Great roster, terrible management. I don't know how anybody could watch that fucking show when it's broadcast in front of six fucking people in that little studio of yours. Then they they fired Matt Stryker. It's a great job there. Matt Stryker's a great play-by-play man. Very knowledgeable. He was fine with Lucha Underground, but apparently Impact didn't like the work he was doing. I wonder why when you're broadcasting in front of 25, 26 people every fucking week. It's like you're watching a fucking funeral every week on Axis. Mickey James is in the Royal Rumble. They announced the Bella Twins, Michelle McCool, Summer Rae, Dana Brooke. I don't even have a list of people that they fucking announced. Let me see if uh, Mr. Sapp has it on his fucking website. Let me see. I want to see if he's got all these lists. Yeah, he's got it. Of course he does. Of course he does. Let's see. Rhea Ripley, Lita, Naomi, Nikki and Brie Bella, the Bella Twins, Zelina Vega and Carmella, Michelle McCool, Shotzi Blackheart, Summer Rae, Kelly Kelly, Tamina, Dana Brooke, Shayna Baszler, Mickey James, Natalia, and Nikki Ash. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Nikki T R A S H. And then it looks like I see Aaliyah in there as well. You know, it it pains me that people are so willing, and I said this on Thursday, it, it pains me that people are so willing to move on. Like, you constantly, it's not the fact that they're willing to move on. I know everybody has to move on at some point. We can't really reverse the past. But everybody is like, oh, yeah, fuck Tony Storm, man. She was a nobody. Now, fuck Ruby Riot. She was a nobody, right? And everybody else that they fucking fired, Tegan Knox. How many, how many women did this company fire? 
You know, you'd have more of your own if you didn't fire everybody. So you don't have to go out and get a fucking Summer Rae or a Michelle McCool or a Kelly Kelly. Look at this field of women in the Royal Rumble. There's not one fucking person on this list that I would deem WrestleMania main event worthy. And by that account, this is already the worst field of women I have ever seen in a Royal Rumble. Now, to be fair, there is only 19 women announced. Asuka could still be announced. Alexa Bliss could still be announced. She's just as bad as Kelly Kelly, so that really isn't saying much. Alexa Bliss could be announced. Bailey could be announced. Sasha Banks, right? There are still some people that WWE hasn't announced. Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Dodrop. I've seen a couple of people. Well, why didn't they announce Bianca Belair or Dodrop or Liv Morgan? They are in a triple threat match to see who wrestles Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. Once that match is over, I'm sure the two losers will be added to the field of 19 losers. Here. This is the worst field of women in the history of the Royal Rumble. You were better off not even doing the women's Royal Rumble this year. The women don't even deserve a fucking Royal Rumble if this is what you're giving me. What a joke. What a joke. Charlotte Flair is also in the Royal Rumble, which I'll get to in a second. Charlotte Flair announced herself in the Royal Rumble. I don't know how that fucking makes sense. The champion, the world women's champion is in the Royal Rumble. What if Charlotte Flair wins? Now, I know she won't. Maybe she will. I have no fucking idea. WWE's always looking to give Charlotte another accolade. She's never won. Actually, she has won a Royal Rumble. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's make it two. I know she won't win. She could. But I know she won't win, but the... Theoretic fucking logic here, theoretically speaking out loud. If she wins the Royal Rumble, doesn't it defeat the purpose of the fucking Royal Rumble? Why would you even present that type of possible scenario? If Charlotte Flair wins the Royal Rumble, what is the point of having a Royal Rumble? The whole purpose of the Royal Rumble is to challenge Charlotte Flair, not for Charlotte to skip out on WrestleMania by winning the match herself. I don't get it. This is the worst field of women I've ever seen, ever. I say it every week. WWE's women's division on both shows is absolutely appalling. It is downright hideous. And then you got people praising the fact that Divas are back. Man, oh man, you! I should put you in the fucking trash bag that Mickey James brought to the fucking performance center. I'll put you in my trash bag that I broke out at the beginning of the show in the Stang. That's where your opinions belong. Anybody that is raving about a Divas Battle Royal or a Divas Royal Rumble, I'll put you in the fucking trash bag and throw you in the fucking dumpster along with the rest of this terrible creative. You're a complete numbskull. You're a blithering fucking retard if you want anything resembling a Divas division again. Who the fuck am I kidding? You're getting it right now. Go at it. At this rate, you might as well bring back the fucking butterfly belt. Absolutely terrible. Terrible. 
And Mickey James being announced makes it that much worse. You know, I don't give a shit what people do. You know, I, I'm here to state my opinion. I don't give a fuck how you live your life or what you do, what business decisions you make, what type of money you need, what type of money they're offering you. I don't give a shit about your life situations. All I care about is mine and my people. That's all I care about. But I'm going to say the same thing about Zelina, or Mickey, rather. I'm going to say the same thing about Mickey that I said about Zelina. You can make whatever decision you want. You can make whatever decision you want. Everybody in the community came to this woman's defense because she had a trash bag arrive at her home, at her residence, that had all of her stuff in it when she was wrongfully terminated. WWE embarrassed this woman to the world. WWE even fired the person responsible for this act. They fired Mark Carano, who was in a high-level position backstage in WWE. More than likely, he was the culprit of said trash bag. He didn't send it on his own. It was a direct edict from Bruce Pritchard. I don't need to work there to know that because Mickey James went on several podcasts and she mentioned Bruce indirectly without mentioning his name. Everybody made a big deal about it. I stuck up for the woman. She was told flat out in her face that women's wrestling doesn't sell. She was told flat out when she wanted changes to be made in WWE that women's wrestling doesn't draw. When's the next evolution? Everybody asked. People are still asking for it now. You're a complete idiot. The women don't deserve another evolution. With what? With this roster? All they wanted was another women's pay-per-view. Mickey James stood up for that. She wanted women to be back in the spotlight like Triple H was bringing women's wrestling into the spotlight. WWE's deviated away from that so much that everybody started to kind of gang together. Bruce doesn't want to hear it. He hates women's wrestling. Johnny Laurinaitis doesn't want to hear that at all. He hates women's wrestling. He's got his fucking Bella Twins in the Royal Rumble. That's his version of women's wrestling. Divas. Total divas. This woman was embarrassed. Everybody came to her defense. She got fired. She made a big deal about the trash bag. She got Mark Carano fired. He probably deserved to be fired anyways. Another fucking cocksucker on Vince McMahon's team. Go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit about Mark Carano. But she got a man fired over this trash bag incident. Nine months go by. Mickey James starts a women's revolution in indie wrestling. NWA has Empower, which is produced and spearheaded by Mickey James. Something she wanted to do in WWE that they didn't allow her to do in WWE. She leaves. She gets fired, rather. And she does it on the indies. She goes to Impact Wrestling. She beats Deanna Perrazzo, which I didn't agree with at all. She beats Deanna Perrazzo, who was very close to becoming the longest reigning Impact Women's Champion of all time. That was stopped by Mickey James. I don't know why they did that. She wins the Knockouts Women's Championship. She's working for Impact Wrestling. She's in a big role, a big match, a big spotlighted position on Impact in their women's. She's number one there. After all of this, You go and empower women's wrestling 
by doing all of these great deeds. And then Bruce Pritchard, Johnny Laurinaitis, Vince McMahon, all call you up. You get that 201. For, what is it? 201, 203, whatever. You get that Connecticut area, that Stanford area code on your phone. Yeah, Mickey, we need you for the Royal Rumble. We'll pay you X amount of money. You down. And then you get announced for the Royal Rumble tonight. Mickey James threw out every ounce of fucking morals she's ever held. Mickey James threw out all of the pride she had in everything she did. She threw out all of that empowerment that she was so proud of when she went to NWA. All for the almighty dollar. I don't give a shit how much you're paying, Mickey James. I don't give a shit how much Mickey James is making from WWE to appear in a fucking 90 second spot in the Royal Rumble because that's exactly what's going to happen. Knowing WWE, they'll probably have Mickey James last fucking 50 minutes in this thing just to prove everybody wrong. Women are going to go out left and right in this thing. And Mickey James is in the Royal Rumble after being embarrassed and being told, fuck you, women's wrestling is not a priority here. If you're asking me, I would have never picked up that fucking phone. Ever. How embarrassing is it to see Mickey James graphic on SmackDown tonight for the Royal Rumble? I actually feel bad for her. A human being that has been wronged like that doesn't immediately say, hey, I forgive you. This company buried you, kept you in the back, all because Bruce Pritchard hated everything about you. Maybe maybe he made uh, an off comment about women's wrestling here and there. The man hates women's wrestling. He hates women's wrestling. Nick Aldis and Bruce Pritchard got into a back and forth. He probably took all of his anger out on Mickey James because she's married to Nick Aldis. That's why she was held. She sat in catering for most of her time. But you're so willing to give these people another chance in the Royal Rumble? I would have never made that decision, man. For all the fucking geeks online, oh, well, it's all about the money. It's all about, yeah, it's all about fucking going and getting an IQ. Go fuck yourself. There are fucking principles. Then you got the other fucking idiots in the community. Oh, they always come back around, blah, 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 blah. No, it's in your hands. It's your control. You opted to go back. Nobody has said Mickey James had to go back. You know who I appreciate the most? You know who I appreciate the most out of everybody? Mia Yim. Not Mia Yim. Um, Gail Kim. Gail Kim. Mia Yim is probably going to be fine. She'll end up somewhere. She'll probably end up in Impact anyway. Uh, Gail Kim. I, I appreciate Gail Kim the most. She's been so outspoken about everything. She knows exactly what that company's about. Have you ever seen Gail Kim give in to say something positive about the WWE? After all these years, you'd think bygones would be bygones. Nope. She knows exactly how those people operate. She knows exactly how that company operates. And she has stood her ground for years about how she feels about that, that company. That's who I appreciate. That's who I respect. Mickey James embarrassed everybody and everything she did and embarrassed herself by having that graphic shown on the SmackDown show tonight. 
with the Royal Rumble. I lost every ounce of respect for Mickey James. Every ounce of respect for Mickey James. What a joke. A complete fucking joke. Charlotte ran down these competitors. Charlotte entered herself into, in, into the Rumble and said when she wins, she can choose her challenger. Uh, Charlotte, that's not how the Rumble works. You are not winning the Royal Rumble. If Charlotte Flair wins the Royal Rumble, there is no purpose of having a Royal Rumble. You might as well not even have one. I don't know why you would present that idea to everybody. It's so fucking stupid. It really is so fucking stupid. So Naomi comes out. Naomi challenged Charlotte to a match. Charlotte said Naomi hasn't done anything to deserve a match with her. Nobody deserves anything to deserve a match against any champion in this company. What are you, new around here? Naomi slapped Charlotte. Charlotte ran after Naomi. And we got an impromptu match. Of course we do. We got an impromptu match on SmackDown for Charlotte and Miss Naomi. So that's that. The match itself wasn't bad, man. The match itself wasn't bad. I actually, I actually quite enjoyed this match. And I thought Naomi looked very good here. I thought Naomi looked really good in this match with Charlotte. I thought they worked very well together. Charlotte still has a terrible moonsault, which should be removed from all of her matches permanently, forever, until the end of existence. But the match started after a commercial break. We got this impromptu match. Naomi had an advantage early. Flair regained control. She slammed Naomi's head into the mat. Naomi climbed to the top rope. Flair knocked her down with a big boot out to the floor. Flair jumped out of the ring and threw Naomi over the barricade. Naomi fought back and hit a blockbuster off the barricade. Naomi almost won the match by countout. Sonya Deville walks out and says that the match cannot end on a countout. Naomi started yelling at Deville, which allowed Flair to take advantage. Flair was in control until Naomi started coming back with some kicks to the head. Naomi climbed to the top rope, hit a flying crossbody for a two count. Naomi went for the rear view. Flair countered with a roll up for a near fall. Flair then transitioned into the figure four leg lock. Naomi fought back and made it to the ropes to break the hold. Sonya Deville comes out again and announced that the match is also now no disqualification. Flair smiled because she was obviously being, you know, given all of the advantage here. So she got caught, did Flair, with a kick to the head. Flair gained control again, missed a moonsault. She did the Andrade standing moonsault. It looked terrible, as always. I don't know who's producing Charlotte Flair matches. You would think that they would tell this broad, stop doing the fucking moonsault. It looks fucking god-awful. Stop. She has to know it looks terrible. Every fucking week, every time I see Charlotte do a moonsault, I'm going to say the same fucking thing until I never see it again. Somebody has to know. Charlotte has to know that it is fucking terrible. Somebody in the chat said, my cat does a better moonsault than Charlotte Flair. So do mine. So do mine. She landed on her feet. She did the standing moonsault, yada, yada, yada. Naomi hit a huge full Nelson sit-out slam, which looked great. Naomi missed a splash in the corner. Flair scored a near fall off that miscue. Naomi set up for the split-legged moonsault, but Flair cut her off. Flair then hit a back suplex and a natural selection for the win. There was one botch thrown in there by Naomi that didn't look really good, but I thought they had a very solid match. 
If you want my honest opinion, if WWE gave the Royal Rumble to Naomi, I would not have a problem with it. That's who the Royal Rumble's made for. Somebody like Naomi. I honestly think that would go over huge if Naomi won the Royal Rumble. I really do. I would be perfectly okay with that if they want to get back at Sony Deville and just end this storyline. But I don't think that's going to happen. WWE's never going to give the fucking Royal Rumble to somebody like Naomi. I thought this was a decent little match here. So after this match, we go to the back. Caleb Braxton interviewed the Usos. The Usos said that they won with the dopest finisher in the game on Saturday. The 3D, which was the 1D, because they are the ones. So there was a mention of the Dudley boys here on SmackDown. Are, are, Are WWE possibly setting up the Dudleys to take down the Usos? You know, there's a lot of chatter about the greatest tag team of our generation with the Usos. A lot of chatter, even here from Michael Cole and the commentary teams. Is WWE potentially setting up a Devon and Bubba Ray, Bully Ray, whatever the fuck you want to call him, busted open guy, chill, geek, smartass, know-it-all? Are they setting up the Dudleys to take on the Usos at WrestleMania? I wonder. Because there's no fucking tag teams. Who are the Usos going to defend the tag team titles against at WrestleMania? The New Day? Who? Who is there in the division? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Jesse's actually, Jesse might be correct on this. Jesse might be correct on this, man. He says, my partner on Wednesdays, if you guys don't know, when I mentioned Jesse, it's my partner on Wednesdays during the AW Dynamite review. He says this, listen to this. It's possible that Mickey James was forced or pressured into taking that spot by Impact so Impact can get that cross promotion. James was likely requested by WWE through Scott in Impact. Maybe she was forced. I don't know, man. We'll never know the situation. The way it looks from our vantage point right now is that she just gave up everything she did, all of her morals and her fucking her self-worth to, to these fucking scumbags in Stanford, Connecticut. That's the way I see it. Whatever the case is, you know, an impact WWE partnership. I mean, I don't think we're ready to see Jordan Grace in a WWE ring. I don't think we're going to get Deanna Perrazzo in the Royal Rumble. I don't think we're going to get, uh, you know, uh, whoever else, the Rosemary over there in the Royal Rumble. We're not getting women's wrestling from impact on WWE television. I would be shocked if that was the case. Maybe it's just Mickey James. I have no idea. But what good is this going to do, Impact Wrestling? It is going to be for the Royal Rumble only. And then the Monday after the Royal Rumble, when Impact goes back and does regular business, nobody's going to give a fuck about Impact Wrestling. Nobody. They'll go right back to their fucking 60,000 weekly viewership on Axis TV. Baron Corbin, happy talk. This is your weekly happy talk is the worst segment of all in every single aspect, every single week in pro wrestling. Corbin was in the ring. He said, you have to watch your back with COVID. He said, Drew McIntyre didn't watch his back at day one. And Corbin and Madcap Moss took him out. Corbin threw a video recap of the attack on McIntyre at day one where they pilmanized his neck. He said his guest tonight on Happy Talk was Drew McIntyre. So Drew McIntyre comes out, or 
I knew it wasn't Drew McIntyre or someone that looks like Drew McIntyre. Midcap Moss comes out wearing a kilt and suspenders, and he's got a neck brace on, and he's got one of them Minecraft foam swords, one of them Zelda foam swords, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and it went limp. And it went limp. So he walks out. He's the guest playing the role of McIntyre on Happy Talk. Corbin asked how he was walking after day one. Moss did this Scottish accent and said he can survive anything after eating haggis his whole life. Moss said that Corbin would kill him in a match. He would soil himself, but still smell the same. Moss says he will never perform again. Moss laughed. He got up. He revealed himself to be Moss, and he said he fooled everyone. The Viking Raiders music hit. They made their entrance. And we have an impromptu match with Corbin and Mad Cat Moss versus the Viking Raiders. It went four minutes. This is WWE's tag team division, folks. Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss versus the Viking Raiders. Wow. How great is that? Viking Raiders win. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Happy Corbin. Why would the Viking Raiders win anything? Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin win. Corbin... He wins this thing uh, for his team after he helped. He helped Moss by pulling Ivar off the apron. Moss hit his finish for the win, and that was pretty much it. If you expect me to go over detail-by-detail analysis in this match, go watch somebody else who actually gives a shit about fucking Happy Corbin. There may be somebody out there in the community that actually gives a shit about Happy Talk. We don't. Nobody gives a shit about Happy Talk on off the screen. Yes, crappy talk, says Mr. Cake in the chat. Yes, crappy talk. Thank you, guys. I love you. Sheamus entered himself in the Royal Rumble. You know, you know, WWE, I failed to mention this before. Another thing I wanted to mention with the women. They're announcing everybody in the... Do they usually do this? I don't even remember. They usually, they usually announce people in the Royal Rumble, right? They usually announce like 20, 21, then they leave a couple spots open, right? For surprises or fucking uh, NXT superstars or whatever the fuck they got planned. You know, I would actually, I would actually like if WWE announced nobody in the Royal Rumble. It absolutely defeats the fucking purpose. We all watch to watch the buzzer and count down with the buzzer and to see who comes out at what number. WWE usually, some years, they give you the people in the Royal Rumble and then sometimes they give away the number one and number 30 position. Because they don't fucking care. I wish they wouldn't announce anybody. The whole element of surprise in the Royal Rumble is why we watch. It's why we watch. I wouldn't announce anybody. But they announced 20 women and Sheamus with a field of Dominic, Ray Mysterio, Johnny Knoxville, the Street Profits, Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle. Give me a break. It's fucking ridiculous. Roman Reigns was in the back. Adam Pearce is there. He says, tonight, I will be announcing your opponent for the Royal Rumble. He didn't in that moment. He told Reigns that he will announce it by the end of the night. And Reigns, or he was about to announce it now, but Reigns kind of kicked him out of the locker room. It's like, I want to watch my cousin speak the New Day. Will you get the fuck out of my locker room? So Adam Pearce left without saying anything. We got the New Day versus the Usos. How many times is this now? What is this like, the 98th time that these two teams have wrestled? Tag team title match, street fight. I don't know why this match was booked. 
Actually, I do know why this match was booked. They got nobody else on the fucking show. I don't know why this match was booked, theoretically, creatively. The New Day lost clean at day one. Why on earth would anybody think they deserve a tag team title opportunity against the tag team champions, Jimmy and Jey Uso? Why? They lost. But in WWE, losses and wins don't matter. The more you lose, the more you get rewarded. The more you win, go fuck yourself. It's exactly what WWE did here. Doesn't make any sense. Match was fine. I didn't really care about it because how many times am I supposed to watch this match and genuinely enjoy myself? I want fresh. I want new. Yet people don't want the brand split to end. The people that don't want the brand split to end and they want to argue my fucking takes. A, go fuck yourself. B, this is the result of you wanting the brand split to stay the same. You want more New Day versus Uso matches? Great. Great. I'm glad you guys aren't booking a fucking wrestling show. After a commercial break, the New Day hit a flying crossbody. Doomsday on Jimmy. So the New Day went under the ring and they pulled out Knight's Armor. Yes, because Knight's Armor just randomly appeared underneath the ring. That's what usually is under a pro wrestling ring. Knight's Armor. As if I opened up a treasure chest in the Legend of Zelda. Dun, 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 dun. And I hold it up. Knight's Armor underneath the ring. Woods put on the helmet, and he took a shot from Jay, and he didn't feel any effect from it. They beat down Jay with the armor until Jimmy made the save. The New Day regained control. Fans broke out into a We Want Tables chant. Woods then pulled the table out to a massive pop. They set up the table in the corner. Jimmy fought back and hit a super kick on Woods. Jimmy sent... Woods to the floor, and Jay Rock Kingston with another super kick. Kingston avoided the Rikishi splash in the corner. And he had trouble in paradise, but Jimmy broke up the pin attempt. Kingston tried to use the armor again. But the Usos cut him off with a double super kick. How many armor plates did this have, man? If we're playing Warzone, how many armor plates did this armor have? One? Right? Then, uh, then one of them was sitting on a fucking mountaintop with an STG. And one-shotted you because he was using aimbot. Fuck Warzone. Kingston tried to use the armor again. Usos cut him off with a double super kick. Usos gave Kingston the 1D through the table for the 1, 2, 3. And that was it. That was it. So after the match was over, the Usos retained. We go back to the locker room. Roman Reigns is in his dressing room. There was a strange knock on his door. He told the person to come in, but he wasn't happy when they entered and with whom he laid his eyes on. The camera then revealed that it was Seth Rollins who began laughing hysterically. Roman Reigns wasn't impressed. There wasn't an announcement, but it looks like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins is the official match for the Royal Rumble. Um... I kind of figured, I even, said it on, I, I even said it on the podcast last night that we did. I talked about Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre's injury. I said, you're probably going to have to dip into the Monday Night Raw talent pool because there's nobody on SmackDown. That was my first idea. That was my first thought. 
I didn't even think about how they would make sense of it. Then I got to thinking tonight, and I'm like, maybe they called up Bill Goldberg. You know, Vince wants Roman and Goldberg at some point. Maybe they do it for Saudi. They throw Goldberg in the mix and have Goldberg take a loss to Roman on the road to WrestleMania. I don't know. I could still see them doing that match. But I'm like, maybe they do Bill Goldberg at the Royal Rumble and really make this as big as they possibly can with who they got and their resources. Bill's got one match left. Let's get it out of the way. It gets us the Roman and Goldberg match. Vince pitches a tent in his $10,000 suit. Everybody's happy, except for me. Fuck Bill Goldberg. But then we get Seth Rollins. And I'm like, I want to like it. I want to understand it. It kind of makes sense if you want to kind of build a story around it. But at the end of the day, it really defies the laws of the brand split. I hope to God that something happens here where they explain why Rollins, a Raw superstar, is on SmackDown challenging Roman Reigns for the biggest prize in the company. It's very easy to tell. It's very easy to figure out. Rollins was denied a one-on-one match with Big E. He won a ladder match for a number one contendership to the WWE Championship. Week after week, Kevin Owens got added, Bobby Lashley got added, and then we're looking at a fatal four-way when Rollins was supposed to be in a one-on-one match with Big E. Then Roman Reigns got COVID. They didn't know what to do with Brock Lesnar. They added Brock Lesnar to the fatal four-way at day one to make it a fatal five-way for the WWE Championship, which lowered Seth Rollins' chances from 25% to 20%. It gave him even more of a disadvantage. So they could use that story. He was owed a one-on-one match. He got four other guys that he didn't ask for. And, well, three other guys that he didn't ask for. He just wanted Big E. And now he's on SmackDown. And he's now getting his one-on-one match for a world title. Can't get it against Big E. Can't do it against Brock Lesnar. He's got Bobby Lashley. So they gave me you instead. Which is great. They could easily tell it. And it should be a good match. It should be a good match. See, my gripe is, and what people on social media don't get, they'll think I'm complaining. I want the brand split to end. I want the brand split to die in a fucking fire. I want it to be over with. It's the best thing for WWE's growth moving forward to end the brand split. We don't need a brand split anymore. We don't need all these championships. We don't need separate rosters. SmackDown can hardly handle a fucking two-hour show. Monday Night Raw is rematch after rematch after rematch every fucking week. Tag team division sucks. The women's division sucks. The fucking SmackDown roster is abysmal. Can we get the brand split to die? See, what I don't get is people who complain about me. I want them to make the brand split officially dead. Can't do that until WrestleMania. But I also want an understanding that the brand split is still in effect now. We wouldn't have to dip into the Monday Night Raw pool if if fucking Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon had a solid SmackDown roster with babyfaces to challenge Roman Reigns legitimately. See, for all you people that complain about me, complaining about this match, you aren't looking at the bigger picture. You're too fucking stupid to really sit down, appreciate what I'm telling you, open your eyes and your mind to the real fucking problems. All you want to look at is 140 characters on Twitter and me fucking complaining about a terrible fucking program. The brand split is still in effect. 
Why is Rollins here? Why is Rollins getting a championship match? This is WWE's fault. They wouldn't have to do this if SmackDown was healthy. Why isn't SmackDown healthy? Because WWE creative is fucking stupid. They're terrible at their job. And how do you feel about Rollins getting the phone call to pretty much eat a loss to Roman Reigns? Do you think Rollins deserves that? Do you think Seth Rollins deserves to go to the Royal Rumble and inevitably eat an L from Roman Reigns? Or do you think Seth Rollins deserves his own push at a world championship? Doesn't sound like a fair trade-off to me. So he gets his world championship match and then loses. Because he's not going into the Royal Rumble, but anything but a fucking loser. Because he's not beating Roman Reigns. This SmackDown was all over the place. This show sucks. SmackDown and everybody affiliated with it is fucking garbage. Everything about this show is just utter trash. I legitimately hate this fucking show. Every single week I hate this show. We're going to get into AEW Rampage in just a second. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me tonight on your Friday nights, wherever you may be. If I've offended you in anything that I said, go watch somebody else. I don't give a shit. You want the truth? You want the cold, hard facts? This is what the show's about. Can't handle that? Go watch somebody else. I don't give a shit. Those that are still here, man, I appreciate you. Hit that thumbs up. We got 879 likes. Just a little bit more to go to get to 1,000, man. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up and let's get to 1,000 likes on today's live stream for SmackDown and AEW Rampage. Tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com, man. Cheers to 2022, guys. Cheers to 2022. This is going to be the biggest year of the podcast yet. I just feel it. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? I know that should be good. I mean, asking a wrestling fan for clean and shiny balls. I don't know, man. That may be a very difficult task. But our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022. The cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide that have trusted Manscaped with their exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code SCRIPT20 to save 20% off and get that free shipping. It's a new year. So that means you guys need to start the new year off with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This is an electric trimmer designed to trim hair on loose skin. Their advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying their crop preserver and crop reviver before showing off your 2022 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body, and add a big boost to your confidence into the new year. You guys are also going to get some free gifts, man. A shed travel bag, which is great. I use it everywhere. Take it with me on vacation. It's fantastic. 
and an anti-chafing boxer brief, which is great. I may be wearing them now. They're fucking comfortable. And the new products that they got, they got their ultra premium body wash. It solves all three problems for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine. Put in the shower. I shower every day. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about the geeks on social media, but this body wash smells great too, man. Make sure you guys use our our code SCRIPT20 at checkout. And be sure to save that money, man. 20% off and free shipping. Get 20% off and free shipping. It's a new year. No pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. Telling you, man. Telling you, man. Manscaped's got it going for 2022. I don't know what you guys are doing, but I know what I'm doing. We're going to go over the Rampage post-show right now. Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole. He's the number one ranked pro wrestler in all of AEW. Oh, but he went to AEW and he's worse than he was in NXT, man. Sure he is. He's the number one ranked pro wrestler in AEW. We may be getting Adam Cole versus Adam Page sooner rather than later. Jake Atlas versus Adam Cole. This was actually a very good match. It went about 10 minutes TV time. And the match was great. I'm not a big Jake Atlas guy. I'm not. I could see why AEW signed Jake Atlas. They definitely want to be a diverse... Con- I, I didn't think this match was diverse enough. I don't think Tony Khan did an adequate job at this match being diverse enough for everybody. Go fuck yourself. AEW is a diverse company. It may be too diverse. Jake Atlas. Not a big fan of Jake Atlas, man. I don't see the appeal. I don't. He's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. This was a very good match. I could see Jack Atlas competing for the TNT title at some point. But I'm I'm not really going to jump out of my seat to go watch Jake Atlas wrestle. Is he, is he a great wrestler? Yeah. Yeah. He's a very good wrestler. Adam Cole, exceptional. One of the best of this craft. Top five, maybe top three. Easy. Adam Cole. Match opened up with a great wrestling sequence. Cole missed a dropkick early. Atlas caught a uh, dropkick for a near fall. And Atlas set up an attack off the middle rope, but Cole shoved him to the floor. I was looking out for this injury spot here, and I'll talk about that in a second. Cole sent Atlas into the ring post at first. They go back into the ring. Cole was beating down Atlas with some right hands. Atlas started to make a babyface comeback with a rolling forearm. Atlas sprung off the middle rope right back into a backstabber on Cole, or from Cole, rather. Cole worked the chin lock. Show went to a commercial break after the backstabber. Atlas hit a step-up her in Karana that sent Cole to the floor. Atlas followed him out to the outside with a tope suicida. Then came back into the ring with a springboard dropkick. Cole came back with a Yushi Garoshi for a near fall. Cole caught Atlas with an Inzaguri. Atlas came back with a rolling clothesline. Cole hit a brain buster on his knee. Another Yushi Garoshi. Atlas came back with a suplex into a sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. This is where the ending of the match came in. Atlas went for a springboard. Cole nailed him with a super kick. Atlas went down with a legit knee injury off of the springboard. Now, his knee buckled. His knee buckled. Atlas tweeted out that he doesn't believe he will miss that much time from the injury. He says he's going to be fine, and he's not going to miss that much time from the knee injury. I don't know if that's legit or not. But uh, we we haven't heard any word from 
a Sap or a Meltzer or uh, an Alvarez. We may find out more on that tomorrow. I should have another extra tomorrow on some of the big happenings. We may have some breaking news tomorrow with this Impact WWE thing. So I'll be on YouTube tomorrow with uh, another extra for sure. But we don't know the legit injury of Jake Atlas. If he's going to miss time, how much time is he going to miss? We don't know. All all we know is that he tweeted out after the match was over that he's going to be fine. That could be like uh, Ray Phoenix tweeting out that he's going to be fine. We don't know. He could be out for months for all we know. Match was very good. Match was very good. Adam Cole. Let me talk about Adam Cole for a second here, man. After the spot and the injury to Jake Atlas, you know, it was supposed to end off of a Panama sunrise. That was very well apparent in this match. But Adam Cole realized right then and there, quick, like the professional he is, something's obviously wrong with Jake Atlas. So he transitioned from the injury from the Panama Sunrise original ending. He seen Jake Atlas was injured. He, he knew he was injured. He knew something wasn't right. Atlas was down. He went right there with the simplest of submissions, a light and easy knee bar, and that was it. That was it. Adam Cole wins via submission. He beats Jake Atlas. Jake Atlas was legitimately hurt in this match, and Adam Cole, paying attention, great ring awareness, knowing what was going on, Acted in a very professional way. I mean, that's what you love to see. Excellent by Adam Cole. After the match, Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish came down to celebrate with Cole. Cole cut a very quick promo threatening another beating on Atlas. Orange Cassidy with a steel chain, and the rest of the best friends ran down to chase off Cole and Red Dragon. If you guys watch my extra from earlier, we talked about a new trademark in AEW that could allude to the new name of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish as a threesome in AEW. They are not allowed to use the Undisputed Era or Undisputed in any way. Their new name that was trademarked, and there is a logo for it as well. Their new name may be Paragon. And Kyle O'Reilly's mentioned that word in a promo once before, so... We may be looking at this threesome, the former Undisputed Era, now named possibly Paragon. So we'll see what happens. Update on Battle of the Belts. Cody Rhodes is out. Cody Rhodes has been ruled unable to compete due to a medical protocol in AEW. So his brother Dustin Rhodes will battle Sammy Guevara to crown an interim TNT champion At Battle of the Belts. That is on Saturday night. Jesse and I will be live on YouTube to talk about Battle of the Belts. Cody's message on Twitter reads this, and I quote, Friendly reminder, please get vaccinated. Children, babies can catch this thing, and they don't deserve that BS. Where did this message come from? Because he's not on Twitter. This message was... I guess sent to people who have signed up to that text message uh, mailbag that they do on AEW. So he tweeted this out, or uh, texted this out rather, to everybody that uh, tweets that number that he gave out where you can quote-unquote go back and forth and have discussions with Cody Rhodes, which I'm assuming is not Cody Rhodes, it's just an automated message. So it's probably a COVID-19 situation. Cody may have it. Cody may not have it. His wife may have it. 
uh, his wife may not have it. They may have come in contact with somebody that has had it and they're taking precautions to be away. I don't know. But it's definitely COVID-19 related and Cody Rhodes will not be at Battle of the Belts. Dustin's filling in and it looks like Sammy Guevara may possibly get back his TNT championship. Now it also opens up an interesting situation. Double or nothing is coming up. Double or nothing is coming up. We could get Dustin Rhodes becoming the TNT champion, and we could get that rematch between Cody and Dustin Rhodes that we got at the first double or nothing, if you guys remember that. They could play into a storyline where Cody Rhodes goes heel, and Dustin Rhodes is the one to kind of be involved in the story, and I don't know where they could go with that, but it it could be leading to a possible rematch between the two brothers. That would be interesting. I don't know how interested you guys are in that, but I I don't know. I don't know. But Cody Rhodes is going to be out for a little bit, and I don't like that. I'm sorry to hear that. Cody Rhodes is probably the more intriguing, or the most intriguing, I should say, the most intriguing act on all of AEW television. This is really shitty timing, man. COVID knows to really fucking pick its spots. I'll tell you that. It's unbelievable. Other matches at Battle of the Belts. We got the Women's Championship, Britt Baker versus Riho for the AW Women's Championship. And Ricky Starks will defend the FTW Championship against Matt Seidel. So we got three matches tomorrow night. One hour of AEW Battle of the Belts. It sounds like uh, Rampage 2.0. Not very exciting at all, except for the TNT title situation. So we'll see what happens. Jesse and I will be live. We'll have... uh, couple of drinks. I may actually bring some alcoholic beverages tomorrow night, man. It's only an hour show. What are we going to talk about? We'll figure it out. Tony Schiavone interviewed Andrade El Idolo. And I found this promo by Andrade to be way funnier than it was originally intended to be. Tony Schiavone interviewed Andrade. Uh, Andrade wants to know why this little kid, Darby, is working for Sting. Shivani tried to clarify that Sting and Darby are friends, but Andrade wanted to know what the price was for the little kid. And then Shivani continued to say, they're friends. They are buddies. And Andrade says, well, how do you know? Apparently, it, it came off. It, it came off funnier than I originally intended it to come off. Andrade thinking that everybody, like friends, like Sting and Darby, Thinking that one works for the other, Andrade thinking that one works for the other was unintentionally fucking hilarious to me. I don't know if you guys found that to be funny as well, but I found that to be utterly hilarious. Laughing my ass off. It didn't didn't have any comedic fucking timing, dude. It was just the way he said it. I loved it. Could we be getting a Andrade versus Darby feud? Take my money, man. Holy shit, imagine that. It's great. Where are my hookers at? Where are my hookers in the chat, bro? I know you guys are out there, man. Fucking night owls, all my hookers. We got another hook signing. Or hook sighting, I should say. On AEW Rampage. One-on-one with Aaron Solo. The former Mr. Bailey, Aaron Solo. Aaron Solo lost as he should. 
to Hook. Hook is over. Apparently, uh, Hook is so over that this guy I mentioned on AW Dynamite, they showed the graphic for this fucking match, and Hook was getting a standing ovation with just the fucking graphic. It's crazy. There was a send Hook section of fans in Newark. Sam Punk got Hook over with one fucking line. Send Hook. Send Hook. This guy's a made man. Hook outworks Solo on the mat, as he should. I mean, he's Taz's son. Let's let's be real. Then he worked him over with body blows in the corner. Somebody on social media said Hook needs to learn how to throw a punch. Man, I think Hook throws great punches. I do. He was uh, he was uh, blowing Aaron Solo up in the corner with those gut punches to the midsection, and then he attacked Solo with some knees. Uh, Marshall tripped up Hook in the corner, and Solo went for the attack. Uh, Solo went for an Irish rip, Irish whip, but Hook counted into a Russian leg sweep. Hook then tied up Solo in an octopus hold on the mat. Hook hit the uh, El Camino suplex, but Solo came back with a jawbreaker. Hook came back with a shoulder capture suplex, some forearms across the chin. Hook, Hook locked in the red drum or the redrum for the win, and uh, that was it, the submission. One, two, three, Aaron Solo tapped out. Goodbye. After the match, uh, QT Marshall uh, got in the ring, and he was shoving Hook around. He was uh, berating Hook verbally, and Hook dropped him with a head and arm suplex. Hook is, he is just strong. Deceptively strong is Hook, man. He looks like a, a small guy, but he's not. He's deceptively strong. Red rum. I keep, I keep forgetting. Red rum. I got to get used to it, man. Red rum. Red rum. Right? There you go. I, I'll get used to it, man. I'll get used to it. So Hook wins. Hook is, uh, is going to be uh, the unofficial sixth pillar in AEW, man. You got to add Britt Baker to that. The sixth pillar of AEW. This kid's going to be a fucking star, man. This kid's a stud. Everybody loves him. He's going to be over. You know, uh, everybody thinks that he, he's just going to be a meme wrestler. No, the hook is going to hook is going to show you he is a legit fucking guy. Give him time. Give him time. Don't rush him. We talked about this. Jesse and I talked about. It. Don't rush him to TV. Don't rush him to TV. Don't feature him every week. Everybody uh, wants to see Hook. Keep him special. You know, book him in matches when it really means something. Book him in matches when he's learned something new or needs to break out a new submission or new, needs to break out a new fucking variation of a suplex, right? When he grows his hair a little bit longer, show him up on television. Whatever. This kid has got it, man. After three matches, I think we kind of all realized this. And he's so young, man. There's no rush for anything. He's going to grow. Let him grow. A couple of years, this kid's going to be as good as everybody else that we're seeing on television now. Just let him get to that point, man. There's absolutely no rush about uh, rushing Hook in any which way. Ruby Soho, Riho, they defeated Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter in a tag team match. This was before Britt Baker defends the title against Riho tomorrow night at Battle of the Belts. Soho caught Baker with a Saito suplex, made the tag to Riho. Riho hit a shotgun drop kick on Hayter, took her down with uh, a step up in Seguri, I believe, and then a tiger faint kick for a near fall. 
Rio launched off of Baker and caught Hater with a with some kind of bulldog for near fall. She went for the double stomp. Baker pushed her off the top rope. Hater caught Rio with a backbreaker. Baker followed with a super kick for a near fall cover. Hater then caught Baker with a inadvertent forearm. And Riho rolled up Hater because she was upset that she hit her partner. Riho, Riho rolled her up, and Riho gets the pinfall on Jamie Hayter. There was a little dissension there between Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and Rebel. So uh, that's going to be carrying over into tomorrow's match with Riho. Britt Baker cannot beat Riho in any which way. One-on-one tag team matches. Tomorrow night, she gets the victory over Riho, and then we can start building Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker at Revolution Main event for those women, and it's going to be truly special. It really is. When Britt Baker came out tonight, I'm just thinking, man, oh, man, this this Thunder Rosa match, when they start building it up, man, it is going to be a big fucking deal. It really is. And I can't wait for it. It's going to be a turning point for the women's division. I really do. Um, We got men of the year. Men of the year. They were there. Dan Lambert. And the men of the year cut a promo, rightfully pointing out that maybe somebody in the top five should be getting an interim TNT championship match with Sammy Guevara instead of Dustin Rhodes. What's going on here? They all questioned. Why is Dustin Rhodes getting a TNT championship match? Scorpio Sky went on to say that he hasn't been pinned in 200 days. He hasn't lost a match in 300 days. What's going on here? Dan Lambert says there's a lot of sucking going on backstage politically. In AEW. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. They have a legit gripe as to this TNT championship match. We'll see what happens. Main event time. Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Against Daniel Garcia and 2.0. This went about 12 minutes. This was really fun. This was a wild brawl. It actually started during the commercial break. They were brawling all around the backstage area while Mark Henry was... Kind of doing his thing for the main event. They eventually got to the uh, ringside area. Kingston smashed Garcia with a uh, trash can. Choked him out with his t-shirt. Ortiz worked over Matt Lee with uh, a mad ball on the entrance ramp. Parker hit a pump kick on Santana against the guardrail. That dropped him throat first on the ring apron as well. Match continued to the floor. Santana Ortiz suplexed Parker on the floor while Kingston did the same to Garcia. So this was all over the fucking... Ringside area. Santana hit a pile driver on one of the 2.0 guys. I don't remember who it was. Ortiz worked over the other with uh, a mad ball. Basically, uh, when I say mad ball, it's a weapon in a sock. Or baseballs in a sock. Or some sort of foreign object in a sock. So that's what he was doing there. Garcia worked over Kingston's leg with a trash can lid back in the ring. Santana hit a pop-up cutter on Parker. And Santana Ortiz flapped Jack Lee. Santana got a near fall on Garcia with a frog splash. Lee threw powder in Santana's face and hit a DDT for a near fall. Lee then hit a DDT on Ortiz. Garcia nailed Kingston with the ring bell, but Kingston kicked out at two. They thought it was over. 2.0 suplex Kingston through a table at ringside. Parker hit Ortiz with a low blow. Santana came back, used a steel chair on everybody. Back in the ring, Garcia went one-on-one with Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz double-teamed Parker. And Santana finished off Parker with a discus lariat to get the pinfall. After the match, uh, Lee uh, low-blowed Kingston, and Garcia hit Santana with a dropkick. 
Matt Lee, low blow Ortiz as well. Garcia and Lee taped Kingston to the ropes. They used duct tape on Eddie Kingston on the ropes, started to beat him up. Jericho left the commentary desk and chased everybody off. That was uh, AEW Rampage tonight. Really, it was a solid show. It was a fun show. You know, that uh, the Adam Cole and Jake Atlas match was great, minus the injury. And we got a really fun brawl in the main event. And Battle of Belts, man, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Battle of Belts looks like a complete letdown. It does. I, I, I wasn't even excited about it with Cody Rhodes on the show. It just looks like a complete letdown. It really does. It's a one-hour extension of Rampage. That's all it is. And if this is what Tony Khan is envisioning for Battle of the Belts, save it. Now, I know they did Adam Page and Brian Danielson on, on Dynamite, and rightfully so. That's your moneymaker. That's your big show. But hopefully, these Battle of the Belts shows, as we move on, there's going to be one a quarter per Tony Khan. Hopefully, we feel like these are bigger shows moving forward, and this is just an introductory to Battle of the Belts. Hopefully, we get a world championship match on one of these shows. Something worthwhile to watch. But right now, tomorrow's show looks like a complete letdown. I'm not excited about it at all. I was, I was even thinking of cutting the review tomorrow night. Right, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe it'll end up being a good show. Maybe we see a surprise or two on the show. I don't know. It is what it is. Listen, guys, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Friday night, man. We discussed a lot. We discussed a lot on tonight's show, man. I appreciate you guys very, very much. Had a great time reviewing this show tonight. Make sure you guys get those super chats in, man. We're going to hang out. We're going to read through them all. We're not leaving until we do. So get your super chats in, man. It's last call in the venue. It's last call at the bar. Get your super chats in. We're going to hang out and read through them all. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We are 15 likes away from 1,000. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Continue to join the family. Join the OTS family. Become a VIP on the channel. And go and check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, including today's OTS Extra, talking about Samoa Joe being released from WWE. We talk about that extensively. Also, yesterday's live stream on Thursday, we talk about all of the NXT releases and what it really means to NXT and why they are doing Triple H dirty. Lots to talk about, man. And I may be back with an extra tomorrow as well on Saturday. Let's start at the top, man. Let's start at the top. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Heel Seth versus Heel Roman. Vincent Kennedy McMahon actively trying to turn Roman babyface. I wonder who Raw will get in trade, if anyone. Seth better not beat Roman. Michelle, I think you've been here long enough to know that Roman Reigns is not losing to Seth Rollins. Come on. Did this turn Roman Reigns babyface? I don't know. I don't know. That's something that they don't really find to be a bother to them. They don't care. Heel or babyface, they don't care. Anthony with a $10 Canadian Super Chat. What the hell is a Von Wagner? I, I don't know, man. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Have you had any luck figuring that out yet, JD? No, sir. JD is the man. Thank you, Anthony. Hope all is well with you, bro. Uh, Veer Mahan with a $1.99 Super Chat. Even Summer Ray came before I did. That indeed she did, Veer. 
I don't know what the fuck you're waiting for, man. What are you really waiting for, bro? King Mo Jackson with a 199 Super Chat. We are Warriors song goes hard, bro. Very nice. I know. That's why I picked it for the show. Anthony with a $5 Super Chat. Canadian, we need Selena De La Renta in AEW. Damn, she's hot. She is. We don't need any more signings in AEW. Except Keith Lee, Ember Moon, Wyndham Rotunda. And whoever else is out there. Who else is out there? Cross. Fantasy Kid becomes a member for two months. JD, I just want to say thank you for keeping us entertained. I've been a little depressed here lately, and your shows have made my day go by. Thank you, Fantasy Kid. I'm glad I could fucking help you, bro. Thank you for re-upping for two months. Jacob Donnelly with a fight off Super Chat. I'm sure you're thrilled about Summer Rae entering the Royal Rumble. After all, when you think women's wrestling, you think Summer Rae. Jacob, there are people out there legitimately on Twitter. Yes, Gargano, Taya, Briscoes. God forbid I don't mention the Briscoes. Jesse may have a fucking conniption fit. Uh, Jacob, there are legitimately people on Twitter holding spaces about their excitement over the Divas era returning in the Royal Rumble. These people are actively fucking retarded. I think they should all just... uh, Close their eyes and never wake up. Seriously. Bunch of fucking idiots out there, man. Really. It's it, it. Wrestling fans are the fucking dumbest people walking God's green earth, man. Everybody but my people. We actively make things better. Uh, Brian Betancourt becomes a new member. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking, man? Rounds on me. Then you want to leave a $10 super chat with no message. Don't be shy around here, bro. Thank you for your membership. Any super chat, though. What are you drinking? Anthony with a $5 super chat. Usos versus the New Day. WWE keeps that in its back pocket. Always. They do. Uh, Listen, they cannot go to that well anymore, man. That well is bone dry. That well is bone dry. MGM Ballin' with a 999 Super Chat. It's sad that no one sings along to Shinsuke's theme anymore. Just proves your point that Vince is destroying Triple H's creation since Nock is technically a Triple H guy. All these IWC morons hate when you're right. Bro, Vince doesn't want anybody singing along to anybody's theme song because he thinks you're all Marks. That's the reason why all their theme songs have changed. Vince doesn't want you, the Mark, singing his theme song. Jericho would never have Judas as a theme song in AEW because Vince hates that. He hates pro wrestling. He hates the pro wrestling fan. And he hates everything that comes along with the industry. He hates your markdom. Surprised they haven't changed Shinsuke's theme music. All of their theme musics are terrible. Outside of Roman Reigns, all of their theme musics by Def Rebel are fucking terrible. I can't tell one from the other. Riley Johnson with a 1999 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. I want to see Hook versus Riddle. 
Could be a future match down the line, man. Could be a dream match down the line. Cam G with a $10 super chat. An Impact Wrestling partnership is stupid. Impact Wrestling itself, Cam G, is fucking stupid. I don't know who watches that garbage. The Bastardo with a $5 super chat argued with a WWE puppet today. It's like they lower their standards and let Vince pull their strings. They stand for nothing and then defend it. JD, baby. Bro, uh, I instantly block, man. One of my things uh, I need to do better at uh, at what I want to do. Anytime I see anything that is disrespectful to me based off my wrestling takes, I block. If I engage with somebody, that really means that I'm fucking angry. 99% of the time, I will block, man. I'm not even engaging in these people. Don't even waste your energy, man. Just block. Block and move on. The hide reply button on Twitter is a beautiful thing. It really is. Nikki Boy with a 499 Super Chat. Is it possible that Impact is making her enter the Royal Rumble? And she has no say. Does Impact control where the belt goes regardless of who the champ is? I don't know, man. I find it very difficult to believe that with this partnership. Mickey James loses that Impact Women's Championship and doesn't take it to the Royal Rumble. The whole point of this partnership is to get Impact's title on WWE TV, correct? So why would she lose it to Deanna Peraza? What good is Mickey James if she loses the Impact Championship to Deanna Peraza and then enters the Royal Rumble? What, what's the point? That only will enhance her being a fucking loser and a shill. She needs to win that match tomorrow night. Cam G. With a $5 super chat, why don't they do Rollins, Reigns, and Lesnar at the Rumble, winner take all, and then have the winner of that match face the Rumble winner at Mania? No. Now, the way that I said is the best way. I'm honestly tired of booking WWE because every time I book something, it's going to be infinitely better than what they do, and then I'm only going to end up being disappointed. Jerry Ramey with a $20 Super Chat. What your brand split detractors won't mention is that, yes, you want the brand split to end, but JD, the key is you want it to end naturally and make sense. Your detractors don't think things through. Jerry Ramey, you're a smart man, bro. Comment of the night so far. Comment of the night. Martin Jordan with a 499 Super Chat. Please talk about Hook. Hook greater than Roman, but by far. Come in one. Hook is not greater than Roman, Martin. I think you may have had too much to drink at the bar. Somebody in the venue should have flagged you, bro. Paul Van Tassel with a $5 Super Chat. What Ray Phoenix reminds me, what Sid Vicious did when he landed on his foot. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely uh, in vain of Sid Vicious. Sid Justice, yes. Hooligram with a $5 Super Chat. Half of the women's Royal Rumble participants are MILFs over 40. 
Ha 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 ha. Enough said. LOL. Hashtag OTS for life. Bro, the Women's Royal Rumble is the worst field of competitors I've seen in a Royal Rumble ever. It's a fucking embarrassment. Anthony Olivares, $10 super chat. He says, hey, yo. By the way, he has a Razor Ramon thumbnail picture. Hey, yo. Earlier today, I watched NXT War Games 2018. And holy shit, bro. The difference between NXT of old and NXT of now. I feel sorry for trips, brother. Yeah, me too. This one goes out to Paul Levesque, man. Mick Swagger with a $2 Super Chat. WWE is so depressing. OTS is all I need. Monday and Tuesday. Bro, I'm here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sometimes Sunday. Jordan23 with a $4.99 Super Chat. Hey, JD, I'm currently battling, battling through COVID. Starting to feel much better. Two of my buddies were at SmackDown. They told me it was horrible. What a shocker. Jordan, get better, bro. I'm glad you're starting to feel better. I went through uh, my little flu phase. I'm all better now. And your two buddies sound like uh, two unintelligent guys, bro. I don't know why they would spend money on going to SmackDown or any WWE show. Devonte W in the chat. Hook is a jobber. Nobody. Roman is Hook is a jobber. Nobody. Roman is the biggest name in wrestling right now. Uh, Devonte, why don't you keep your fucking opinions to yourself or kindly exit the fucking chat? I don't need you to tell me what I already know about Roman. And Hook is not a jobber. You were the jobber because you got timed out by one of my mods. Shut your mouth and know your fucking role in my venue. Okay. Show some fucking respect in my fucking venue. Raging Texas with a 99 cent super chat. Put it in the tip jar, bro. Issa can use it. Shane with a 499 super chat. Can't wait for Baron Baron Borbin. Can't wait for Baron Borbin to waste a spot in the Royal Rumble match. You know he will, bro. You know he's going to waste a rumble spot. Baron Corbin's got the worst gimmick in all of pro wrestling. It's the most unentertaining gimmick in all of pro wrestling. Yet he calls me the dumbest guy on the face of the earth. I want to see Devontae in the chat after he's uh, unbenched after 300 seconds. Maybe you learned your lesson by then, bro. Chris Elliott with a $2 super chat times two. Your podcast is the best, JD. Hashtag OTS family. I know, Chris. Thank you. Love you. Marcus Peterson becomes a new member in the venue, man. Thank you so much, Marcus. You are now sitting VIP, bro. Thank you for joining this fine establishment this evening. What are you drinking? Don't tell me H2O, bro. Don't tell me H2O. I want a fucking alcoholic beverage in your hands. What are you drinking round is on me? Brandon Hill with a $10 super chat. No message, bro. Don't be shy around here. Don't be shy around here, bro.
Liam with a 1999 super chat. February 19th, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. It's my city of Jeddah. Let's fucking go. Keep up the great work, JD. You're a fan from Saudi. Listen, man. Shout out to you from Saudi Arabia, bro. Holy shit. Crown Jewel was a great show, man. I was pleasantly surprised with Crown Jewel. Hopefully they do the same. And Justin Striplin with a $4.99 super chat. After admitting that the contract he signed in 2019 was going to be his last, I was very surprised that AJ Styles signed the new deal with WWE. Jesse, listen, are you falling asleep behind the bar, bro? What's with the Z's in the chat? Why don't you pour yourself a shot of Jägermeister and wake the fuck up, bro? I'm going to have to ask you to close the venue down, bro. I need the, the floor swept. I need the floors mopped. I need the ice bins filled. And I need you to check on the freezer, bro. I heard Dana Brooke had a break-in earlier, and she ate some of the product that I had ordered in the week. So please go and do that for me, man. I need, I need you to take care of all that for me because I'm about to get the fuck out of here. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much for all your support. Yeah, Jesse's sleeping on the job, Hologram. Yes, he's sleeping on the fucking job. This guy is... This guy is... Busting my balls, man. He doesn't know how to bust my fucking balls, really. It's unbelievable. Bro, that song is fucking awesome, bro. I'm telling you, man. If you, if you stop... And listen to the fucking song, man. Seriously. What the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Anyway, guys, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. We broke this thing down. We talked about Mickey James, Cody Rhodes, Roman, Lesnar, Roman, Seth, Macaulay Culkin speaking the truth. We, we we talked about a lot tonight, man. A lot. I will be live with Jesse tomorrow night in the venue. We'll be talking about Battle of the Belts, man. Should be a uh, decent show. It's only one hour, but we will be live for Battle of the Belts. Join us if you want to. I hope you do. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys continue to support Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code script20 at checkout. Not only do you get 20% off, but you get free shipping. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. There's a ton of content with more coming this weekend. We are on fire. I want to keep the momentum going. Tons of content, man. Raw, NXT, AEW, Extras, On the Releases, Samoa Joe, William Regal, Road Dog, you name it. Great, great discussions, man. And that's it for me, man. I'm getting out of here. You guys know what time it is. You guys know what time it is, man. I need two things from you in the chat right now. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. If my VIPs got them, which I know you do, those Mustang emojis as well in the chat. And number two, when you hear that guitar solo, man, I need you to turn that music on. Fucking max.
I will see you back live tomorrow night right here on Off The Script with Jesse for Battle of the Belts live on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later, man.